Wow, your, your applause um, says what you thought about that. That was amazing, wasn't it? This musical journey over the last 300 years. And all the way through that is this theme of love coming out. You know, right at the start of our time together, uh, Andy and I talked about our, our wedding anniversary. And, and he's right, he's eight and I'm 29 years I've been married this year. That's amazing. Uh, we re- I worked out that me and Alice and my wife have been together this summer for 36 years. That's what happens when you date when you're four. Okay, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I really wasn't. That's wrong at every level. Um, but, you know, as I was thinking about it this week, and how do you tell the story of a love that long, okay? And, and I was thinking of maybe those highlight moments, the, the first connection that we ever had. Um, we, we met on a, a youth camp with, in different churches, and um, she was, I was 15 and Alice was 14 when we first met. And apparently, she used to like me. Uh, I mean, why wouldn't you? I get that. Um, and I, wasn't, I, I didn't quite see her that way at the time, although as we were coming out of the, the dining room and walking across the, the courtyard, it started to rain, and I took my coat off, Harrington bomber jacket. You remember those? Some of you haven't got a clue what that was. And I put my coat over her head to shield her from the rain. It was better than that. I put my coat, thank you. Thing is, it, it didn't kind of go to plan, because I said, hey, Alison, you can have this coat, and I gave her the coat, and I went off with another girl. But, but the following year, I came back and we connected and the rest is history. And I think, how do you explain your story of love in the highlights? Is it that moment of your first connection, the first kiss or, or you know, the proposal, the wedding, the first child, the first big argument? We haven't had one of those yet, but yeah, we probably have. We've had, we've had a lot actually. But actually, you can't really tell the story of human love that easily. And then here's the thing. Even if you've got great human love going on, and I'm really grateful for the love that we've got, but that's so, so limited. Even great human love will never really fix us. Which brings me on to one of my favourite bands, Coldplay. And in 2005, they released a song, their most famous song, called Fix You. Chris Martin, the lead singer, his partner at the time, Gwyneth Paltrow, her father had died and, and he was trying to help her and, and, and he said to her, what can I do to help you? And she said, just hold me, your love will get me through. And out of that whole thing, he wrote this song, Fix You. But as great as the song is and as well-intentioned as the sentiment is, can any human love really fix us? Because here's the sad thing, because they broke up. They split up a couple of years ago. Although they didn't split up, they called it a conscious uncoupling. Apparently that's what happens. Now, I don't want to judge them at all. We've all, many of us in this room, or, or those of you watching or listening, you've been a part of a love that hasn't worked out. Where there's been an uncoupling, where there's been a bit of a wreck maybe in that love. Because the reality is, no human love can ever really fix us or the issues going on inside of us. You see, that's where we've got to come and talk about a different kind of love, not romantic human love, but the love that God has for us expressed at Easter. And you might say, hang on, I don't believe in God. And that's okay. But billions of people on the planet believe in God. Two billion of them believe in a God that we call Jesus. So before you dismiss it completely, could you hold your mind open to maybe two billion or so people may not be wrong and maybe you could hold your mind open to the possibility that there might be a God. We might be wrong, but so might you as well. And if there is a God, what kind of love does that God have? One of the most famous stories or verses in the Bible is where it says this, God so loved the world that he felt an emotional feeling. No, it doesn't say that. God so loved the world that he wrote a romantic song with four chords. 
No, it doesn't say that. God so loved the world that he, he rapped or he wrote a poem or he painted a painting. No, God so loved the world, the Bible says, that he gave. You see, love is ultimately not a feeling or an emotion, but it's an action. God loved us so much that he gave. And he gave his best and he gave of himself. This week, we've all been uh, saddened again by uh, TV stories um, about um, that hostage situation in France where that French policeman, Arnaud Beltram, swapped himself for a woman that was held hostage and in the process lost his life. Apparently that guy, that police officer, was a man of faith who believed in this God that we're talking about called Jesus. But his brother said, he gave his life for a stranger. He must have known he had no chance. If that doesn't make him a hero, I don't know what does. Heroic though that act was, what God did was on an even greater level than that. The Bible says it like this. This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his son into the world so that we might live through him. This is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. You see, romantic love, strong as it is, good as it is, important though it is, can never really fix us or the issues inside of us. That requires a love of another kind. That requires the love that we're calling today reckless love. You know, in that Stormzy song that the guys just did, and by the way, we don't endorse Stormzy, we don't endorse his songs, we don't endorse his language, we don't endorse his lifestyle, but we are big enough and secure enough to recognize the longing. And in that song, it's the incredible song, and there's a great line, Lord, I've been broken, although I'm not worthy, you fixed me, I'm blinded by your grace, and we believe that to be true. And just in the last few minutes I've got, before we, we do something else, I, I, I want to I explain to you why the love of God is the only love that can truly fix us. Let me just give you four quick things to think about. Firstly, it's a love that does what we can never do. And I want to use the Coldplay lyrics for a moment from Fix You. The opening line says, when you try your best, but you don't succeed. Anyone ever felt like that in life? We try your best, but you don't succeed. And when it comes to God, we can think that we need to try our best and then God will receive us. We need to try and do good things or be religious or, or at least not be bad. But here's the thing. The love of God is a love that does what we can never do, which is to make us right with God. Bible puts it this way. God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for it. It's a gift from God. Secondly, it's a love that meets our deepest needs and desires. Fix You says, when you get what you want, but not what you need. What we need is we need unconditional love. We need approval. We need that acceptance. We need purpose. We need meaning. We need security. But what we do is we run around trying to chase all the things we want, but not what we really need. And we climb the ladder as high as we can, and we recognize then it's leaning against the wrong building. But the love of God is a love that can fix us because it gives us what we need, not just what we want. And then the fourth thing is this. I think the love of God is a love that's so strong because it covers all the dimensions of life, past, present, and future. Again, in, in Fix You, it says, when you feel so tired that you just can't sleep. What I love about God's love in my own life is, is that it deals with things from my past, but it also is present in my moment, in my anxiety, in my stress, in my worry. God's love is there. But it also covers the future, the fears for what might be tomorrow. 
Horatio Spafford was um, a, a hymn writer uh, hundreds of years ago and tragically his family went on a boat uh, from America to England and, and many, of them, many of his daughters were lost at sea. They died. And, and as his ship then came and he went to England to be with the wife and the su- surviving daughter, I think he lost about four daughters, as he was passing uh, the bit in the ocean where his daughters had died, he, he, God gave him this hymn and he wrote this hymn and the chorus says, It is well with my soul. That, that's a love of another kind, isn't it? To know that life's a mess right now, but on the inside, there's a love that meets my deepest needs and my deepest fears. And finally, the love of God is a love that will fix you because it's a love that wins. It's a love that wins. One of the great lyrics in, in Coldplay song, lights will guide you home. You know, as I get older, I realise how short life is. You know, but life is short, but eternity is incredibly long. Decisions we make now will affect the eternity that we get to live. It's a love that ultimately wins. The love of God wins against all the enemies there is. Fear and hate, pain, injustice, betrayal and sorrow. And the resurrection of Christ is the proof that God will always get the final words. Amen. It's a love that wins. And ultimately, it's a love that will guide us home to eternity. Lee Strobel is an American guy who was a, um, a, a lawyer. He was trained in law. And uh, then he became a legal journalist. But he was a committed atheist as an adult. And uh, he, was in, he was married. And, and one day his wife came home uh, on Sunday. She'd been out and he didn't know where she was. And she sat down at the, at the, the dining room table. And she said, darling, I need to tell you something. He said, what? He says, I've been going to church these last few weeks and I've become a Christian. And Lee Strobel said he was devastated because he was a committed atheist. So he decided to go to the church and to check it out. And then he decided to go and to investigate and use his legal journalistic skills to dismantle Christianity and prove to his wife that she was wrong. But as he looked at the facts, as he looked at the evidence, as he journeyed through and he discovered the reckless, overwhelming love of God, this is what he wrote. In the end, after I'd thoroughly investigated the matter, I reached an unexpected conclusion. It would actually take more faith to maintain my atheism than to become a follower of Jesus. That's why I'm now celebrating my 30th Easter as a Christian. Not because of wishful thinking, the fear of death, or the need for a psychological crutch, but because of the facts. You see, we want you to know, guys, on this Easter Sunday, 2018, there is a love that can fix you. It's not a romantic love. It's the love of God demonstrated in one person, Jesus.